Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We'll, we'll, we'll know more in the next couple of days. I haven't even had a chance to talk to him. Um, but I know I talked to Flea, and he said he was feeling a little bit better today, so that's a good sign. Matt, if he's deemed healthy enough to play, will he play? Yes. Does that hold for the entirety of the final five games, or is that a conversation? Well, I think, you know, um, just you guys know how I work in terms of one day at a time, one game at a time, and so, um, you know, I know that he was asked about that yesterday and what he said, and um, we have never, we have not even gone down that, that road. Can I ask why Aaron, with a broken thumb, whatever's wrong with his rib, but if it's broken or whatever it is, why Aaron in that state is better than Jordan as far as giving a better option? I don't, think that's, I don't think that's uh, what we're, we're arguing here. It's just, you know, we've got a lot of... Um, Faith, uh, quite frankly, got faith in both of those guys. But, um, you know, Aaron's the starting quarterback, and, um, you know, he, he's battled through a lot throughout the course of his career. I think it's it's pretty well documented, and I think he's been able to play at a pretty high level for through a lot of different situations. So, again, we'll take it one game at a time and make the best decision moving forward. Matt LaFleur talking about a delicate situation that has landed in the laps of the Green Bay Packers. And you can almost see the gears of his brain turning. Yeah, he's trying to choose his not words say the right, wrong thing. Right, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? He knows he is diffusing a bomb here, potentially. Or at least trying not to accidentally spill gasoline on the embers of a fire that could rage at any moment. Because... Look, the contract that the Packers gave to Aaron Rodgers gives him a ton of power. And they were able to nudge Brett Favre away when they were ready to do it. They are going to have a very delicate time getting Rodgers out if they want to pivot to Jordan Love. And I think how they handle this final stretch of the season with Rodgers and Love, with Love looking pretty damn good when he played. Limited time, and who knows how much of it is just a factor of. They you know they don't know anything about him, and the Eagles were up 14, and they're yeah, just kind of right. letting their guard down a little bit. Sure, all of that. Love was throwing piss missiles. He was throwing some piss yeah, missiles, Yeah, he Chris. looked good. Um, it's, it's a delicate thing, and the Packers have already painted themselves into the corner. They just have to stay there and let Aaron Rodgers make the decisions. They've already given him that power. They can't risk playing a game with him where he decides, I'm not leaving. I've got a fully guaranteed contract. I'll be back next year and make my fully guaranteed money. I'll come back the year after that if I want to. 
You can't stop me. You can cut me, and I'll just go take my money, and I'll just not play. I'll do like, you know, like Clay Matthews when he was cut by the Rams. Oh, other teams want me? Nah, I won't play. I'll just take the money that, you're, that you've owed me. This is great. This is a great severance package. So they're in a tough spot. And Rodgers said after the loss to the Eagles where he left with, they called it an oblique, but it clearly wasn't. It was a rib injury. I don't know how they got oblique. He's got a rib injury, and he thought his lung was punctured. He said he wants to keep playing until they're mathematically eliminated. Now, I didn't get a lot of conviction in his voice when he said it. And, I, you know, I mean, you could be mathematically alive until week 18 and have no chance as a practical matter. Yeah, I'm mathematically alive if this, if this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and we win. But it ain't going to happen. Like, at what point do you just pull the plug on this, Chris? That's the real question. Yeah, well, and the Packers yeah. know right. it's not their decision. No. Well, they've no. already they've already surrendered it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the bed they made. I mean, they made that bet a long time ago. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. It's, it's, yeah, the Packers, like we've talked about for years when the Packers are coming to town and they didn't even get top billing. Aaron Rodgers and the freaking Packers are coming to town. Because that's the way they set it up, let alone he's awesome. But we've talked about this. This is what happens when you make quarterback king and you don't have an owner and those type of things that we've discussed you know, into great detail. And yet they're not out of it. And Rodgers, to Matt LaFleur's point, has paid, played through a lot of injuries through, the, through time and carried them through and been awesome. So they can't you know, disrespect that. He is still the lifeblood of their team, even though, hey, there's things we all want to question about his play, some of his, his attitude, you know, maybe attendance in the offseason. All of that is justified to, to have a conversation about it, but he is still the quarterback of their football team, and they're, they're still in it with him. And, uh, yeah, they got to they gotta be delicate here a little bit. They do. And we'll see. They might be mathematically eliminated after this week, and maybe that's when they turn the corner here. Rodgers does love playing football. We know that. You know, we've never seen him turn down or, I'm going to wait another week and not play and let my body get healed after an injury. As soon as he can play, he gets out there. We can't argue that. And this is a tricky injury, though, Mike, because you, know, you, you mentioned the oblique and all that stuff, right? The oblique kind of connects to that bottom part of the ribs. And that's where you can be a little – I've had both. I've had the, the issue of the cartilage in between the ribs, the intercostal muscles, they call them. And that can be – ooh, yeah, you like that? I'm a doctor. And also the oblique, oh, which, are, well done. which, which is, is hard for a thrower. Of course, it's that rotation we talk about so much. And that's where it really affects you. So, yeah, they got to be delicate, Mike, to your point. This, this is a tricky one. I will acknowledge that there is some possibility that you just made up the word intercostal. I am just impressed because it sounds. I don't think I did. And you delivered I, it with authority. Yeah, thanks. Very I well did. Done. It was. It, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what the doctor called that damn muscle when I heard it way back when. So I'm, I think I'm right there. I, <laughs> I, I I thought of you when Aaron Rodgers went to the locker room on Sunday night because my first. Uh, impulse was paging dr needle <laughs> yeah right right, right he'll be he'll be back in <laughs> dr needle they gotta call him he's gonna get that needle in there and he'll be back out there i thought we were gonna see him again too i did not think it would be you know night night for Aaron Rodgers in that one and and look all kidding aside you're right the guy wants to play especially if he senses this may be it and when he says in june he thinks about retirement all the time and, and we've talked about this. Is it possible that this season goes so poorly overall? It leaves such a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. He doesn't want it to be his last act. I think back to, and Matt Casey made this point when Miles Simmons and I were talking about it last Monday. He texted the idea that, look, or it was Friday. It may have been the Friday before. Either way, I think it's all, it's all, it's all, this whole season is just a blur. The point is this. 2006 was a horrendous year for Brett Favre. He came back and had one of his best seasons yeah. in 2007, NFC up until the, the overtime yeah. of the Giants game. Right. When, you know, they, they, I still remember that that image of, you know, three guys open, and he threw it to the one guy who was covered yeah. in overtime for the interception, and the Giants won the game. But he had a great year in 2007. So all those things, all those experiences from early in, Matt, in Aaron Rodgers' career will, will be a factor in how his – last days of his time with the Packers unfold. Well, it and and and, and I if I want to see what Jordan Love can do if I'm a Packers fan. Yeah, Are, aren't we at that point? Hey, he's got a broken thumb. 
He's got a rib issue. Yeah, he's the starting quarterback, but we talk about this all the time. It was the, the Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott thing. Not that Cooper Rush was going to be the, the new starter, but you have the luxury when Cooper Rush is playing well that you don't have to push quarterback who is from a health standpoint here. You can let him get a little bit higher. You can get him. You don't have to. You don't have to play through that injury. You don't have to play through that pain. We're fine with backup at one hundred percent. That's the analysis that the Packers need to go through. I just think they know nothing good comes out of it because the moment Aaron Rodgers senses any threat to his status, he's going to get pissed, and then you got to deal with that. Yeah, I think everything you said there is real. I do, and yeah, that's why it is delicate. I do think you know by the. The laws of football, and like we talk about all the time with a guy of his status and everything he's done and all the pelts on the horse and the wall and everything, that if he feels he can play, you let him play, right? But, you know, okay, wait, we're mathematically eliminated and you're banged up? All right, Aaron, let's sit down. How do you want to approach this? What do you want to do? They better be delicate here, you know, because you're right. He's got a lot of power in this situation, and I don't know, Mike. I mean, yeah, if they do want to – you know, get out of the Aaron Rodgers business and start to move on with life here. Uh, yeah, they got to make sure things kind of end the right way, and he's happy. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, if the end the year ends kind of bad with a bitter taste in his mouth and things like that, I, I think that's going to motivate him a little bit more to like, man, I don't want to go out like that. I'm going to come back one more time here. Where if you were trying to, you know, part ways with him. You know, if you can squash that sense of feeling from Rodgers, maybe he goes, okay, wait, whatever. I got the two MVPs, you know, the, the two year, you know, the year before I retired, I played great, blah, 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 and it's over. So, you know, that, that's why they got to be very careful here to not make them the biggest offseason drama in sports once again. But there's a new dynamic that yeah. has been thrust into the broader equation for the Packers. In the past, it was – Will Aaron Rodgers want to be traded or will he retire? Yeah. Now they have to worry about they really don't want him anymore. They wish he would retire. Yeah, right. But because of his contract, he just says, deal with me. Yeah. And if yeah. you want to cut me, that's fine. But all that guaranteed money in my contract, it was all set up that he could walk away whenever he wanted to. And if he decided to play, he gets paid. But. It isn't structured for the Packers to say, we're done. No. We're ready to move on. And now they got a pro they got a separate issue. They may wish that he would retire. They may wish that he would want to go play for another team. The worst case scenario for them is to be ready to move on to Jordan Love, but Aaron Rodgers to say, I'm here and you owe me this money. You either let me play and pay me, or I'll go home and you pay me. That that is a new, a new factor that the, the Packers are going to have to wrestle yeah. with. Yeah. Now and after the season. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm uh, agreed. Agreed. And 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 again, Mike, I I I think we're both in agreement here. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done. I don't look at it and go, oh, he's washed up. Uh, I, does Does he need to play better? Yes, definitely. Does he need to stop looking at the pass rush? And looking for the first available one yard throw, yes, definitely. It's I've never seen him go through a year like this. I saw snippets last year and the well, year maybe before. It's his thumb though, it's maybe maybe it's his maybe his thumb really is you know in a bad spot and he's now, just trying to avoid getting it hit again. I don't disagree with that too, and maybe there is some of that. My only problem is even before the thumb, we were seeing some of these issues, and you know some of them I just go, I, it doesn't matter, thumb, no hand, whatever. You you throw this ball, the guy's open, and you got a great pocket. You know, so and then, you know, again, too, you know, the thumb and all that, they weren't issues when he was throwing lasers and bombs to Christian Watson two weeks ago against the Cowboys. But yeah, then we lay an egg true. on Thursday night yes, and it all of a sudden it's an issue again. Yeah. So I got to, you know, listen, I, I'm going to call it the way it is. Hey, bombs. Hey, we're all good. Oh, struggle against the Titans. Hey, thumb hurts. Oh, OK. So, you know, I mean, but 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 my, my main point I wanted to get to here is. You know, yeah, they're they're stuck with Aaron Rodgers and whatever he wants to do here. You know, this is part of the Jordan Love. You pissed Aaron Rodgers off. You gave him the motivation to go win MVPs and stick it where the sun don't shine. And now he got the power back, and you got to kind of live with it here. 
But what they need to do at some point is just, even if he does decide to come back, is something you've always said, Mike. He's got to be there in the offseason, all offseason. They got to be there for the reasons where LaFleur can show them a play against the Titans and go, you got to throw this. You're Aaron freaking Rodgers. You're the man. He's open. Throw it. You know, you got to start pushing those buttons. I always told you about that year I was there in New England with Brady, right? He was the worst down the field thrower in football. All the Patriots were about in the offseason and the OTAs. Keep throwing it downfield, Tom. Keep doing it. Oh, don't worry about the five-yard throw. We'd like you to just keep pushing it. So they were pushing him, pushing his buttons, pushing it to the offense, and that made them better. And, you know, they, of course, he got better, and they ended up beating the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. That's where they need to get Rodgers. Rodgers needs to be all in, too. And that's an issue, and I know you brought that up time and time again, and you're spot on with that. Well, and, and I even got Peter King to come around because we had argued about it several weeks ago on a Friday show, and the day after the loss to the Titans, he agreed that they need to go to him and say, if you're going to come back this year, yeah. we need you need to you. be all in. Yes. We need you to connect. Look at, look at where you finally got to with Christian Watson. The reason it didn't happen right. sooner there you is go. you weren't around. Right. You weren't there to make the connection, to get to the, him to the level of comfort. You're at the level of comfort. He needs to get to the level of comfort. You need to think about him. You need to think about how wide-eyed he's going to get when Aaron Rodgers walks into the room. Yep. And I don't know this guy. I haven't spent time with this guy. He's a guy I literally grew up watching on my television as I dreamed of coming to the NFL. And here he is in the flesh. Aaron Rodgers never really seem to get it or care about it. And the thing about the thumb, too. I mean, I, I'm a lot of things. I freely admit it. Not that that makes it any better. I'm not stupid. It's obvious to me that this was a concerted Rodgers and people close to him effort to get the word out that his thumb is broken. Yeah. Because we didn't hear a damn thing about a broken thumb from week five until the aftermath of the loss to the Titans when he missed a wide open Sammy Watkins with the game still in the balance sailed the ball over. Alan Lazard got booed after both plays by the home fans. That's when we start hearing broken thumb, broken thumb, broken thumb, and then avulsion fracture. The ligament tore off a piece of the bone. It's amazing he's still playing. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we're not worthy of having you in our presence in any way, shape, or form. All of that's coming out after he looked like crap against the Titans on that Thursday night. As you said, four days earlier, he's throwing it all over the place. The thumb's not an issue against the Cowboys. So there's a little bit of this showmanship, a little Definitely. bit of the Ben Roethlisberger, a little bit of the it's not my fault. And and I felt like before Sunday night, this was just a matter of at the right time, he's going to go on injured reserve. And you, you can say mathematically eliminated. You can say, okay, I see the scenario here. We're not mathematically eliminated, but we're done. At that point, I think that's when he goes on IR, and that's where the Packers are being, I think, very careful because I think they know that's where it's going, but if he senses that they're trying to yeah. push him yeah, right. to accelerate the timeline, that's when he says, screw you. Whew, that was close. That's when he says, screw you. I'm not going anywhere. This year or next year or the year after. Agreed. I, I sorry. I didn't. I was. I was typing someone in the group here in our sheets here. Just, but either way, I, I agree with you there. They got to be careful. It's it's a, it's delicate here. And if they piss him off the wrong way, he's going to make life miserable on them. So, and I agree with your point there that if they try to, he gets a sense they're trying to push him. Hey, sit down for the year, do all that. That's only going to make things uncomfortable for the rest of the season and the off season. So. Uh, yeah, they they, they got to be smart here. Is this here. you typing we'll this might be a no? Is this what you oh, were, I was going to typing was, this might be a no? Uh, no, I was writing this might be – we got so many good things to talk about, and I was looking at our rundown. I know we're running long. I was going, this might be a day with no draft. Like, we might have to squash the draft because uh, we got uh. some things here that I, I know we got to unpack more, and I don't want to cheat these subjects. So that's where I was just getting worried about that. Well, that's good. That's good. I, I appreciate the fact that you're sensitive to the – clock although you know the show ends when the show ends the question is how much good stuff can we cram into the time that we have available and we've made the decision on the fly to put a pin in the Jets quarterback discussion so we can properly land the plane on Aaron Rodgers yeah and that's the challenge for the Packers to properly land the plane that is Aaron Rodgers and and you could just see it I could feel it 
the tension, the stress with Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Because he knows he is in a delicate, difficult spot here. No sudden moves. Watch what you say. Don't upset Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has so much power that they gave to him. And the one thing I don't think they ever thought of is the possibility that he would want to stay beyond the point at which they would want him. Yes. Yes. And and again, Rodgers, I, I don't. I don't look at a guy and go, oh, it's over. It's not like I look at him and go, oh, this is Matt Ryan. Like, Matt Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for everybody out there, and I have great respect for Matt Ryan's career, but it's over. It, it's over. I mean, he, he had to do, on that last drive, he had to throw it with everything he had to throw a post route 27 yards down the middle of the field. Right, I mean, when Michael Pittman had a stop at 25 yards, it was like, wait, I'm supposed to go deep. I got to come back to get a 24-yard post route. So, but Rodgers still has the physical tools. Is he going to be able to carry the team like he used to? That's where it's a little different this year. We're used to seeing a guy where, oh, wait, there's an injury here and this and that. Oh, it doesn't matter. Rodgers just sit back there and zing, zoom, zoom, and do all this, and then everything will be good. It doesn't matter. It's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Hey, we don't care that they can't play defense. They're a Super Bowl contender because they got Aaron Rodgers. But those days are done, and that's where they need him to be all in because he needs to be there to support the team, and they got to figure out the right way to play with him going forward and everything going that way, let alone you're you're right about the growth with the receivers. And, yeah, I don't care what you say. That growth would have been farther along if he was there in the offseason. There's no doubt. And now you're seeing, yeah, they're comfortable with each other, and Christian Watson's setting records, right? He's like, what, the first rookie receiver ever to have six touchdowns in three games or something like that? It's something pretty remarkable. But, um, yeah, this is this – is, we, we know this. And this is – again, if I'm Green Bay, the biggest thing is just can you not have drama in the offseason? Can you not be like the number one story other than the Washington Commanders for, you know, every day – drama and that should be one of their goals too if they want to improve as a football team and and the reality is we may see just enough of Jordan Love that you begin to get the clamoring and that's where the Packers organization can't control this that's where the owners of the team may decide to start making their voices heard we want love we want love if they turn if they just decide we've had enough drama with Aaron Rodgers we've had enough Willie or Woney it's Brett Favre all over again let's get this guy out of here and let's let Jordan Love do what you traded up in round one of the 2020 draft to see him do and we saw just enough on Sunday night. I'm telling you, if I'm a Packers fan, I want more Jordan Love at this point. Yeah. I want to see what he can do. That's fine. Why not figure it out now? Let's figure it out now. Let's get and let's get him reps. Can he pick it? Let's get him reps. Let's get the game slow down. Sure. He'll be better off in twenty twenty three if we get him reps now. I mean, this season's over. Let's get this guy ready for next year. That's my position if I'm a Packers fan, and I suspect most Packers fans would agree. Yeah, well, I, I like that, and I, I understand it. I'd love to see him too, but at the same time, you know, again, you got a guy that, yeah, you got to be careful with, and also, um, I don't know if next year really matters about what Jordan Love looks like. You know, if that's the case and they really want to move on with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to make it look like, hey, you know, they're going to have to sell to him that maybe you should go somewhere else and you'd be better off somewhere else. You'd be better off. And also on top of that, and they're also going to have to help find the trade partner and make sure they can sell it to him that this is a good team and a really good situation and it's got to be all happy that way. So they got to, that, if they want to do that, they got a lot of things they're going to have to juggle here because they're going to have to set it up to make sure, okay, wait, we want to go Jordan Love, but here's a spot for you that makes sense for you, and it's good, and they're going to pay you money and all of that. That's got to be part of the conversation, too, and they're going to have their work cut out for them if that's the case. Here's the bottom line. They did this 15 years ago with Brett Favre. They had to come up with a way to separate. And I, Brett Favre is a dog, and Aaron Rodgers is a cat. And that's what you're dealing with, the difference between the two species when you're trying to figure out how best right. to get this guy to, 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 to go. Now, the problem is the dog that they ran off came back 
and crapped all over the place <laughs> until they <laughs> until they found him a new home. But the, the, what they did in February of 2008, I still believe to this day, was calculated by Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy. They went to Favre and they said, we need to know right now what you're going to do. Because they knew if they said, we need to know right now, he's going to say, well, I retire. If I have to tell you right now, I'm going to retire. Aaron Rodgers is going to see, he's going to be ready for any games. He's going to be on guard. He's going to be playing the games. That's why I say one's a dog and one's a cat. They got, they got themselves a predicament. And it's, hey, they're paid good money to figure it out. But Chris, they got themselves a predicament with Aaron Rodgers. With that new factor of what if he wants to stay and we're ready for him to go, which was never a factor the past few years. It was all about, oh, God, we, Aaron's great now. He's MVP. We don't want him to go. We don't want him to go. We want him to stay. It, it could be that by February they want him to go and he wants to stay and they got, they got themselves a mess. Yeah. Well, if, if he decides, I'm digging in my heels, I don't want to leave. I'm staying and I'm playing or you're paying. Yeah. Man, there's nothing they can do. That's, that's, that's where they are. So that's where, it's, again, the word delicate is extremely important to this conversation. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that could go on between now and then. And, yeah, we'll see where they go with their thought process and what they want to do and where he wants to go, too. That's, of course, going to be a big part of this conversation, too. So uh, we'll see. But it's it's uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It's it's Even though they're 4-8, and eight, here we are, we're talking about them, and they seem to dominate the conversation a lot, probably a little too much for my liking, probably a, too, a little too much for their own liking, honestly, with how much the, the, we discuss this topic. Well, D is the letter of the day because disheveled was the keyword segment one. Delicate is the keyword this segment. When we return and talk about the Jets quarterback situation, we'll try to find a fancy word that starts with D. To sum that up, PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. Like I said, we're, we're going to go week to week. There's, there's things that we'd love to see Zach uh, accomplish uh, over the course of, uh, we'll call it a reset, but, um, and this is Mike White's opportunity. That doesn't change. So Mike's got an opportunity to go stack another uh, great day up uh, this week and um, when when we feel like Zach is ready to roll, he's going to roll. From delicate to awkward, the New York Jets quarterback situation. I talked to Mike White after the game on Sunday. It really is a weird spot for him and for Zach Wilson because they want Zach Wilson to hit the reset button and prove that he's worthy of being back on the field. Meanwhile, Mike White is playing. And if Mike White plays well, do you really want to disrupt that by saying, this cake we put back in the oven is finished now. Let's put it back on the table. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're already eating cake. Yeah. The cake's doing right. the cake's pretty good. That's weird. Ooh, save that save that cake for next week. That's yeah, weird. It, it's it's very, very awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It it doesn't really make very much sense to me, honestly. I'm not I'm not gonna really lie about it. You know, I, I you know me, Mike. I I think we both have a healthy respect for the Jets organization. I mean, we talk very highly about them. I've loved just about everything they've done over the last two, two and a half years. Joe Douglas has killed it in free agency. Draft, Sala, I love his energy. The defense, look how they're playing, flying around. It's fun to watch, all of that. This quarterback situation, I don't agree. I don't agree with anything. I don't agree with the approach and what they did last week. I don't. You know, I do think they're letting the fan base and WFAN radio run the, the, the team a little bit with this conversation. I know Zach Wilson looked like shit, like absolute crap against the, 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 the New England Patriots. But so did the rest of the team. They couldn't run it all. They couldn't protect it all. They know that. They recognize that. Did he miss some throws? Yes. I get it. All right. But damn. You know, to me, the, 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 this, is, this was a game where last week they played the Bears. Matt, and Mike White, I don't want to look, look like a hater to Mike White, Mike. I really don't. He played really good. I'm very happy for him, and I hope he takes advantage of the opportunity. Mine is more about the process and the overall where we're going as an organization. And that's where it bothers me. That is a game last week where you don't bench Zach Wilson. That's the game where you go, hey, guy that's 5-2, and two, that hasn't been awesome and struggled, now you're finally going to get to play a defense that sucks because you played like the seven worst defenses a quarterback could play in your 5-2 and two stretch. Now you get to play the Bears. 
and get to get the confidence going and get some momentum going and get feeling good, right? And to me, that goes the opposite direction. Listen, I don't know if Zach Wilson would have played as well as Mike White. I'll say probably not. Mike White's got a good feel. He did a good job. But he still would have played good, and they would have won 28-10 to 10 with Zach Wilson. Oh, my gosh. They still would have won. The Bears' defense stinks, and they were missing their three best players on their defense. Right? They ran the ball at will. They protected easily. Everything was there to then, hey, guy that's supposed to be the future of organization, here's some growth. Here's an opportunity to get going. We've taken some lumps on the hard part of the schedule. So now let's grow and get some confidence. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it at all. I don't know where you go back. And I know they're playing the Vikings this week, Mike, and the Vikings pass defense stinks. He's going to put up good stats. The Vikings don't stop horrible. anybody. It's horrible. Yes. Right. So I don't I don't I don't know. Except where they when go. they absolutely need to. Right. The only time they stop you is when they absolutely need to. Like in the Thanksgiving night game, the pass rush was non existent for fifty five minutes and then all of a sudden they're the purple people eaters all over again. Like it's <laughs> right. just weird how they, they can when they absolutely have to find a way to make it happen. Okay, so are are you uh, I, I are you saying that Yes the the version that's out there, the version that's out there is, is fairly simple. And when I spoke to Mike White on Sunday, it, it really resonated because I said to him, what, what have you learned during your time of playing last year and having an extended period off? And he said, one thing I learned last year is because he had the great game against Cincinnati. He got injured against the Colts on the Thursday night. He was back for a game 10 days later against the Bills, and they got beat 45 to 17. He threw four interceptions and no touchdown passes. He learned, don't try to be a hero. Don't try to win the game with every throw. Just run the offense, and things will take care of themselves. It's kind of like that's what they're saying they want Zach Wilson to learn. Right. That he's getting so caught up in trying to be Patrick Mahomes that he's not taking care of. Check the box, check the box. You know, footwork, check downs, sure. short throws that should be automatic. Do you accept that that is an accurate and truthful presentation of reality by the Jets. I, I, I do. I don't think that's like, I don't look at that and go, oh, that's egregiously wrong. No. There is things right now where I feel like Zach Wilson at times is trying to be next level, and I want to go, no, you still need to do it by the book right now. You're not at the next level phase. You're not at the phase of, wait, I'm going to stand like this like Josh Allen and look over here to move underneath coverage or Patrick Mahomes and move this guy that's over here and get him to move and then just throw a ball like that with my body cockeyed and my feet cockeyed. And I think that's what they're talking about a little bit. That's the things you see from Zach Wilson. He's making throws, you know, to 12 o'clock with his feet at nine and three and just go, nah, I'll get it there. I got talent and blah, blah, blah. And he's just not schooled enough and played enough to be able to do some of that. That's high level weight. I've played. I'm a machine the normal way and I can freelance and still be a machine because I became such a machine the normal way that he's not there yet. So there is things to work on there. There's no doubt, but it's not to the point to me to where you bench him. I mean, again, two weeks before that against the, the, the Bills, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But it was still, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of damn good throws. And holy cow, did he do that? That was pretty good against the Bills defense, which is top number two in football. And so, that, you know, that, this is, that's where – and I don't necessarily agree that, you know, you can't work on mechanics and kind of get ready for a football game. And I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't. And sometimes the mechanics get better when you start to get a little confidence and go, oh, wait, okay, wait, let me get my foot in the ground. I got a completion here. Wait, I'm feeling good. And, you know, th that's where I don't. And the big thing is, Mike, the overall thing here is, hey, they're doing great. We know they're in the playoff conversation, and they're in the playoffs right now. But still, I, there, nobody expected them to be here. The big thing this year was continue to the future, build the future. And Zach Wilson, you put all these assets to make him the future and the number two pick of the draft. And now, woo, you're, you're in, I mean, I think you're in danger of ruining it. I, I really do. I, I, I'm, I don't know how you're not pissed off if you're Zach Wilson. I don't know how you're not. You know, you go, wait, wait I, I did all the things you just talked about, Mike. I took care of the ball and did all the right things in a five-game win streak, and then we lost a game and got our asses whooped in every phase, and all the blame went to me. And I know I said no after the press conference, and that, that was not a good look. I get it. 
But gosh, it's not the most egregious thing we've ever seen in the history of the world. I just don't know where it goes from here. That's where I'm a little confused. And I just think you take your lumps right now with Zach Wilson and continue to build on that, like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think that what's going on is very simple. I always try to keep it very simple. Right. That's... Yeah, I said earlier I'm not stupid, but I'm also not smart, so I try to keep it to something I can manage and understand. I think that they are having serious questions as to whether or not he is the guy. Yeah, it sounds like it. They are doing this this timeout, rub his face in it thing as a way to get him to mature and accept, because only they know how he conducts himself in meetings. Only they know whether he's truly engaged whether he's truly a student of the game. They are the only ones who know where he is right now in year two of his career. Is he a guy that's going to need a homework clause in his second contract? I mean, are they, are they trying to force him? Is this tough love where they're trying to get him to break in the right direction where he becomes what they need him to be? Or it goes the other way and we just say, see you later. And we've kind of maintained some trade leverage and some plausibility. So if we just decide at the end of the season, we're just going to get what we can and move on. We haven't completely destroyed him. We obviously, we're not going to get, you know, a first round pick for him, Yeah. but I almost feel like they're doing this because they realize we just need to get to the end of this. We need to accelerate this process. What do we really have here? We need to know what we have here. Do we have somebody who's going to grow up? Or do we have somebody who's going to grow out? And we're, we're finding it out now. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what they're doing. Maybe. I, um, and they're putting the best possible spin on it so it isn't an obvious slap in the face. Even though, Chris, is he standing there out of uniform? We were talking about this. Uh, yeah, this is a slap in the face. Know, throughout the day on right, Sunday. Right. Well, let him be the backup. Right. How's he number three? It doesn't make any sense no. that he's just he's emasculated. Yeah. He doesn't have a, he's a football player without a uniform, right. and he's healthy. Right. That's a slap in the face. Yeah, exactly right. It is. That's where, I, again, I, it's a bad look. I don't know where it goes. And like we said, this I don't know if the Jets win this week, but I'd have a hard time you know, thinking Mike White's going to have a bad day statistically against the Vikings defense. You know, and again, I, I do think that Zach Wilson gets held to a little bit of an unfair standard. I'll, I'll continue to say that. I will. And I think anybody, but, but, but Chris, Chris, well, I'm just saying that just with that pedigree, that draft pedigree. Well, I understand I mean, that, but, no, but, ju- draft but Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence weren't held to that. You know, it's a little bit the New York media too. It's Justin Fields and them had it's some Jacksonville. Yes, I know. I know. I get that. I, I agree. But that's where the I organization's got to be a little tougher and go, you know, this is WFAN and Joe, the plumber from Queens, who's playing, never played football. <laughs> he's starting an uprising here with the fans and Joe, the plumber that calls in is like, yo, I think they should play Mike White. He was awesome last year. And I want to go, wait, he was awesome. I was just, I was just watching last year and he played two and a half games and threw eight interceptions and nobody cared then. But then Zach Wilson has a game, and we just absolutely got to get rid of him and throw him down the river. And again, Mike, maybe you're right. My my thing I'll say is, you know, I, we know I, I we know people connected to the Jets and other people. I've never heard that Zach Wilson wasn't well liked. All right, I've never heard anything like that. All right, and maybe maybe they've done a great job of keeping that under wraps. But I feel like that's the type of thing, if work ethic and those type of things weren't going the right way, they get out. Just like we knew about Tua, who eventually admitted he didn't work or do things. We were hearing all those things because the players talk. Everybody talks. We haven't heard that. But I will say, like Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson's reactions after the game and the way they reacted with Mike White, yeah, that, that – Made me think. Whoa, they don't. It doesn't seems like they don't like Zach Wilson, and they really love Mike White. I do think that was a little bit of a a weird look. I will say that. I mean, so so maybe there is something to that and what you're saying there. And remember how they rallied around him after the whole Milfinator, the Milfinator, right? I mean, that's where that's where the all I like their hero, man. I I talked to players and people there, and they're like, man, he's he's we love him. Zach's like, we love him. He's one of our favorite guys. I mean, you couldn't talk. So that's where that doesn't connect with me. (laughs) And then I don't know, did the locker room get turned around because we have, you know, two young receivers who they let be immature and talk however they want, but there's, there's no problem. They can do whatever they want, you know. Zach, I mean, Garrett Wilson made comments and, you know, Joe Flacco throws a nicer ball. He disrespected Zach Wilson back in training camp. 
I mean, so uh, that's where I, I don't agree with what they've done here. And, you know, we you take your lumps, especially when you're going five and two and you build something here for the future. And look at what Trevor, Trevor Lawrence had some games that were pitiful this year where I go, oh, my gosh, he missed a touchdown. He missed a third down. He threw an interception at a big moment. But we're starting to see now he's coming out of the woods and he carried the team the other day. And same with Justin Fields. I mean, they, would, they didn't even want to throw the ball with Justin Fields early in the year. They didn't know what he would do. He was going 7 for 21 for 47 yards, and they were like, let's not throw any more. That was too much. And then they found some things, and he got a little tougher, and they worked through it, and now he's unstoppable. Now, that, that's where I just don't agree with the overall procedure, and we'll see where it goes. But I do think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I think that the fact that the Jets are the New York Jets, even though they play in New Jersey, yeah. that is one of the big reasons why they're dealing with this. And you mentioned Joe yeah. the Plumber. It's such a 1980s and 90s thing for a fan to call into a radio station to complain. Uh, they're doing Nowadays, it up here. You just complain directly. Yeah. You can complain directly. I'm trying to set up the next segment. Yeah. You can complain directly <laughs> to the player, uh, and he can complain back. Uh, and that created a problem for Lamar Jackson. Aha! Uh-huh. We'll discuss that next. I see what you're line. doing. <laughs> Look at you hosting and all this stuff. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. After Sunday's loss to the Jaguars, Lamar Jackson had an extremely vulgar response to someone on Twitter who was questioning his contractual demands and suggesting that the Ravens should let him go. Lamar Jackson later deleted the tweet. John Harbaugh was asked about the situation on Monday. Here he is. And really, you know, it's it just beg guys not to, you know, not to get into the Twitter world right after the game, especially after a loss. It's never going to be positive. It's not going to be a nice place, you know. And uh, I think that's kind of reflected in, in Lamar's response because what he said was just so out of character for him. That's not the way he speaks. It's not the way he talks. It's not the words he ever uses. I've never heard him say things like that before. But like, we talk, like you said, Bo, he wants to win. You know, I'm sure he's frustrated just like we all are. And uh, that's just a place you just don't want to live right after a game. And, uh, you know, I know he understands that. Uh, he, Lamar Jackson – you know, you've been around him. He's got one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know. You, you all have seen him, the way he treats people, the way he treats kids, the way he treats the media, you know, and, uh, and he's also one of the biggest competitors I've ever met. So those kind of conversations, he takes very seriously, you know. So you get trapped sometimes by someone that's baiting you just a little bit, and you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't live there. It's not important. You know, I see you shaking your head, Luke. You're right. And that's, that's something I love about him. But, uh, you know, I think uh, – I think that's not a place he wants to be, and that's certainly not things that he wants to say. John Harbaugh really handled it well yesterday. Look, here's the bottom line. First of all, the tweet that Lamar Jackson responded to really wasn't all that over the top. It may have just been straw that broke the camel's back for Lamar. You get to the phone after the game, you're on the bus or whatever, and you're scrolling, and you're getting criticized, and you're getting called out, and you don't do anything, and then it just takes one. It's just one that catches you. I mean, this from Castle Will Kill. When someone is asking for over $250 million guaranteed, like Lamar Jackson, games like this should not come to Justin Tucker. Let Lamar walk and spend that money on a well-rounded team. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would cause somebody to really go off. And the problem is this. And, Chris, this is, and we've got the word blurred out at the end. I think this is an example of how language evolves, how a culture evolves, how people come to understand what words really mean. And we get to a point where phrases that get used all the time by the kids and they don't think anything of it, they start to realize, oh, wait, that has a negative connotation. And maybe we shouldn't use that phrase. And, and I, I don't think Lamar Jackson was trying to be offensive to anyone. I think he just uses a phrase in that setting that he hears all the time and that he uses exactly. from time to time when he's 
you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a fairly common insult, unfortunately. And I think we're kind of at a point where this becomes a teachable moment for everyone that probably not a phrase to use because it does have a negative connotation. Yeah. And that's what caused this one to go off the rails for Lamar a little bit. I, I agreed. It, but everybody reads too deep into this too. God, it's just a bad word and a phrase. It, it's, it's, it's stop everybody looking into like this personal meeting and he's, he's offending our culture. Like it's, it's a, so w- 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 don't ever say kiss my ass again. Anybody either way. It's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's not proper. No, 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 ass no, no, is out. No, no, well, no, no, I don't, no, you know, no, we no, nitpick. No, Chris, Chris, that's, that's not Chris. No, that's not nitpicking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're off base on this one. Kiss my ass does not offend anyone directly, indirectly. No one can make a plausible argument that kiss my ass offends anyone. The phrase that he used, it is a very simple argument as to how it's homophobic. A very simple argument as to how, and the way he used it, the okay. context he used it in, it comes off as homophobic. My point is, he doesn't realize it. He doesn't realize it. It gets used so commonly, and there are words that we could rattle off from the past fifty years that once were fine and dandy. Sure. And you just use them. And then all of a sudden we kind of collectively wake up one day and say, you know, it's probably a good idea if we stop doing that. We grow and we evolve as a people. We do it collectively and we do it individually. We've all been there throughout the course of our lifespan. My point is Lamar didn't intend. No, I believe Lamar didn't know. And this is part of his life experience, just like Jeff Saturday's getting experience on when to use timeouts. Lamar Jackson is getting experience on what he should and shouldn't say on social media and when he should and shouldn't say it. So I, I, the, the phrase itself shouldn't be used. And, and, and it, it's far different than kiss my ass. So I'm sorry, but the bottom line is yeah, I don't think Lamar – I don't think Lamar meant – I can't get inside his head or his heart – I don't think he meant to be offensive. No. He just used a phrase that when you look at it, it's kind of offensive. Okay. Yeah. I know. Everything's offensive, though. I give up on offensive. It's a, no. Yeah. It's a phrase no, that's no. used, and hopefully he no, learns, no, and we no. don't need You're to do teetering. it. You're teetering close to a line that I don't think you want to be teetering. Well, no. I, I just given we read too much into it, and we try to then go, oh, we're offending this. That's all Does I don't it? love about it. It goes on in everything in our culture. I'm not saying it's an appropriate it, thing to say. I'm yes, just saying don't start to accuse a guy for a that. Brush. All right, all right. So either way, I, no, nobody's accusing him of. Yeah. Nobody's accusing him of being anything. He used a phrase. Okay, that I has got a homophobic connotation, and he got called out for it. Right. I mean, and and we we have this free speech debate. Oh, but what about free speech? Well, he exercised his free speech rights by saying what he said. Right. And others exercised their free speech rights by saying you probably shouldn't have said it, and then others jump in saying you shouldn't call him out for it. And we're all exercising our free speech rights. I got you. Listen. Lesson learned, and it's something you don't want to do. We learn, right? We learn what what should and shouldn't be said, and and maybe there are kids out there who catch wind of this and you know take their face out of their phone long enough to pay attention and realize, you know, I probably shouldn't use that three letter phrase, sure, three word phrase anymore. Maybe it maybe it is something that certain people hear it and it makes them uncomfortable because it's offensive to them at some level, even though I don't realize. That it is. That's my point. No, right. listen, I understand. You always want to be is- careful there. I get that there. It's also a guy that's a the social media overtakes that world. Right. He's in an age group where it's part of their world, like you've always talked about. You know, and, and it's 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 they don't look at the news or stuff like that. They're always looking at social media and he loves he loves football and it's a hot button topic. And whenever they lose, that's the thing everybody says on social media. They just blame Lamar. It's all his fault. And, oh, it shouldn't come down to a long field goal if you're making a guarantee. Well, then, man, we should take Tom Brady's, you know, some of the Super Bowl rings away. He had to, wait, he had to let Adam Vinatieri kick the field goal. That, that sh- he shouldn't have to do that. Right. He's the GOAT. And it's just a bad argument. Right. I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. Listen, I, I, know. I learned I know. right there it's, from it's you in that argument, conversation. We live in the world of bad yes. arguments. Okay. Yes. Right. Gotcha. Yes. And he shouldn't use we, that when, phrase. When you, I want to be very clear. I get that. I just, I just sometimes I just feel like things are taken down another path that I just go, man, it wasn't I, intended I, for I, that. And I understand it's not something I would say, I and I don't ever say it to anybody. So I'm not trying to defend it. I just get exhausted of everything going that way. That's all I was trying to say. I'm not trying to offend anybody. And, 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 and I know that, and I'm not trying to call you out. My, my concern is this. The people out there who are constantly railing against cancel culture and free speech, they just want to be able to say whatever the hell they, they want without regard to who it may bother. 
Don't don't you know? Don't put any guardrails on me. I want to. I just want to be an asshole all the time, and I don't want any consequence for it. And I don't want to think about the fact that it may bother someone else to hear it. I just want to be a bully. I want to be a bully, and I want to be an asshole all the time. That's what those people are saying when they constantly deride cancel culture and say free speech, free speech, free speech. I should be able to say whatever I want with no consequence whatsoever. That's not what free speech means as it's codified in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. As you know, Tom, we uh, had Deshaun in the building for three weeks, but not out on the field or with us in the last couple of weeks out on the field. So next step is, is obviously uh, being out there, taking all the first team reps. Uh, he's been doing a nice job getting the defense ready with the scout team reps that he's gotten. Uh, so I think he's, he's done a nice job uh, with his time away, uh, physically staying sharp, mentally staying sharp. Uh, so I think he'll be uh, ready to roll. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the Cleveland Browns, coming off of a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Deshaun Watson back for the final six games. The Browns are 4-7. and seven. They are not dead either, although we established earlier in the program how difficult it's going to be for a 4-7 and seven team to climb back into the wild card race with seven seed currently 7-4 and four in multiple 6-5 and five teams. But here's Deshaun Watson. Hasn't played in a regular season game, Chris since week 17 of the 2020 season. Will he be rusty? How can he not be? He right, a rusty right. in that Jaguars preseason game where we saw him for a little glimpse. But he's the guy starting this weekend at Houston, back to Houston. I, I knew it would be this way. It was such a big story in the offseason, but we're into the season now. The Texans don't matter. The Browns barely do. It's not going to be the spectacle that I think we expected it to right, be. Right. It's still a pretty big deal. Yeah. That he's going back to his first game since he last played for the Texans and then said, I want out of here. And then all this other stuff happened that flows from his own behavior and decisions. Now he's going back to Houston for his first game. It really is amazing. That's how it, it, worked it out. is. It is. It's, it's amazing that, yeah, his first game back is against the Houston Texans. The whole story is amazing. Like you said, you laid it out the right way, let alone, hey, this was a, a guy that was a top five quarterback in football before all this went down. He was awesome. And now he hasn't played in over you know, or two years, basically. And he got a brand new, huge contract. They got to play him. They got to get him out there and get him reps to get him ready for next year. I mean, there's just a, a lot of craziness about this conversation. And yeah, even, you know, even though it doesn't maybe have quite the luster, I, I thought maybe it would be, it's still a, a pretty remarkable story. I think the good thing is for the NFL, Mike, that there's, a lot of other good games this weekend, too, that will take the attention away from this game to where it doesn't become the, the top story in the sport on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's going to be caught in that cluster of seven or eight games that kick off at 1 o'clock Eastern. It's got minimal playoff relevance to anyone involved. The Texans have just been horrible in recent weeks. They weren't embarrassing to themselves or anyone else for most of the season, but lately it just hasn't been yes, good for the Texans. Right. Ever since they gave the Eagles everything they can handle and came up short, you just kind of get the sense that they, they're accepting who they are and what they are. And, uh, I, you know, the Browns should go down there and win that game. And it's going to be fascinating to see what Deshaun Watson can do and what the Browns can do the rest of the season. And remember, there's that theory out there that certain owners yep. wanted Deshaun Watson to be suspended for less than a full year because it forced the Browns to treat 2022 as year one of his five-year contract and not table the entire contract until next year, which is what would have happened if he'd been suspended for a full season. So they wanted him, as the theory goes, out long enough to screw up the Browns' season. So it, 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 they can't get the use out of him, but they still have to check the box on year one of the five-year contract. And probably at four and seven, as we've established, again, with – everything else happening in the AFC, it's going to be a tall order for the Browns. They're going to have to run the table and hope for some help. And I think it's going to be very hard for Deshaun Watson to come from not playing at all, Chris, since January of 2021 to going 6-0 and yeah. with, with the Browns, given their schedule. 
I, I just don't see it happening. But hey, crazier things have happened this month. No, I, I don't either. But yeah, you, know, you know, you're right. Crazier things have happened. I, I didn't expect them to beat Tampa Bay last weekend. Really? I mean, again, I thought, damn, Tampa went to Germany, looked good against Seattle. Here they go. They're going to start to put it together. <laughs> Cleveland kind of makes some magic happen late in the football game and wins it. But but yeah, I have a hard time thinking they're going to run the table. There's no doubt. They've been all over the place a little bit. But this is a great start, a great team to start you know, against if you're Deshaun Watson and get your feet wet and get back to football. I mean, you said it. Houston's defense stinks. And I mean, I don't know, Mike. I feel like confident that you and me as a back, you know, as a running back duo, we might be able to get 100 yards against the Texans defense if we just have a pretty good O-line. You know, it might be tough, but I think we might be able to do it. I mean, so he's going to get a game this week where they're going to have to go so absurdly all in to stop the run that he's going to get a lot of easy looks and get back in rhythm that way, and they're not going to have to rely on him to do too much. And it's really just what the doctor ordered for as far as him and his situation. But, yeah, running the table, I I don't see that. Gail Sayers once said, I only need 18 inches of daylight. I would probably need a little bit more than 18 inches. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You do. But you're playing the Texans. There's a lot of runs that have more than 18 inches of daylight. That's for sure. (laughs) Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, we are actually, I can't remember how much of this we talked about on the air and how much of it we talked about during a break because it's all just one continuous thing for me. We are going to do a draft. The biggest statements made week 12 of the 2022 season, dating all the way back to Thursday and the three games that we saw that day. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Last time I checked, that game started at 725. That makes it a primetime football game. <laughs> Your quarterback went 30 of 37 for 299. Kevin O'Connell, a little praise for Kirk Cousins and a reminder to everyone that it was a primetime game and Kirk Cousins did step up with a big performance on Thanksgiving night. This is where we we honor the best performances, the biggest statements made from the week that was. It can be Thursday, it can be Sunday, it can be Monday. Chris, you are up with the first pick in the Week 12 statement draft. But I just going to comment off that. That, that. that, to me, is the a nice little inside look of why the Vikings are different. And there's positive vibes. And that's what a good coach does. You know, He's aware of the conversation outside the building and some of the BS that's out there. And, hey, real or not, whatever, but it's a thing, and he's going to support his guys, and he knows guys in the locker room hear this stuff, and that's what gets a team to rally around each other. So I, I really love that he did that. I really did. And, you know, it just did it just with the right touch there. So that was awesome. All right, my first pick, I'm going to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence made a statement to me last weekend. Beating the Baltimore Ravens the way he did, being down like that in the fourth quarter. And again, it wasn't like, oh, you know, miracle plays or, you know, we got lucky with this or that. It was just one pretty unbelievable jaw-dropping throw after another. It's the only thing I think we hadn't seen from Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, in his career. We've seen good games and, oh, wow, it's all going in the right direction. And we've seen moments. The only thing I, I've been saying is we haven't seen that, wow, hey, get back, on, get on my shoulders, guys. I'm the number one pick. I'm going to get it done and make a number of big-time throws and big moments and help us win the game. He, did that, he delivered big time. I was in amazement watching the game back yesterday, Mike. He was absolutely awesome and threw the ball with as much aggression, aggression and just, you know, uh, just authority and knowing where he wanted to go with the ball into tight windows. It was as good as I've ever seen him play that way. It was uh, good for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. I compared him yesterday to the kid that brings home straight A's on the report card, and the parents say, why is it C's every other time? We want A's a little more It's a good way to say it. See what you're capable of. Right, right. We want this not just today. We want it. Every nine weeks. Uh, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts, fourth player in league history to have 150-plus rushing yards and 150-plus passing yards in the same game. And, Chris, I said this yesterday. You know, we, we marvel at Patrick Mahomes and how he understands where his body is in relation to the guys trying to 
tackle him. Jalen Hurts is the same way, but more athletic, more agile, faster. So he's he's closer to Justin Fields and Lamar right. Jackson. Right. From the standpoint of raw ability. Yeah. But he's got that Patrick Mahomes. I know how to weave my way in and out of traffic. I know when to step out of bounds. I know how to avoid a big hit. I know when to sit my ass down and stay in bounds and not take a big hit. It's it's amazing to see what he does with the ball. And it's almost like when he gets it in his hands in shotgun and he starts to – like everybody knows he's going to run and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like for some – for some quarterbacks, it just kind of it surprises you. With Hurts, it's like, hey, it looks like he's going to run it here, and there he goes, and they can't get him, and yeah. he gains 15 yards. No, it I, really is amazing. He's developed into a great dual threat, yeah. but the running threat is as impressive as anyone right now in the NFL. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, he's got a great feel. I mean, let alone we talk about all the intangibles that are very tangible with this guy. And, yes, but it, it is. It's a great feel. It's a toughness. You know, you said it. You're right. He's He's – He's, like, slippery in the pocket and getting out and doing that and became a good enough thrower to where, to your point, to where we you sit there and go, well, I think he's going to run, but we can't just totally disregard the pass. We, we we got problems there, you know. So it's just it's hard to be right against Philadelphia. With the way he's playing and how talented they are, he is awesome right now. And, uh, of course, the Eagles are awesome as well. All right, next one I'm going to go with here. Um I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. You know, that was a big statement. What he did, I mean, that was impressive. Uh, I mean, he's really putting together some awesome football games here as of late. You're seeing Josh Jacobs, how talented of a runner he is in between the tackles, and, of course, has the home run hitting speed on the outside, too. That Raiders offense started to become dangerous, and Jacobs being in a contract year, it's, he's, he's, and they didn't make extend or give him the fifth-year option. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how the Raiders play this whole situation out with uh, Josh Jacobs in the offseason. It's Doug Martin all over again. The Bucks did the same thing. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. The muscle hamster, he had a great contract year. They signed him. And, you know, the problem is you're never as great as you are during that contract year, especially at the running back position. But he was incredible. 303 yards from scrimmage, the most ever for any Raider uh, in franchise history. Justin Jefferson for me. I got to do it. Nine catches, 139 yards. Passed Randy Moss along the way for the most receiving yards by anyone in the first three years of his career. And the thing about Jefferson, forget about getting open. Forget about getting your hands on the ball. To me, his most impressive skill is no matter how hard his body slams against the ground, (laughs) no matter how hard somebody else slams their body into him, once he's got the ball, Chris, it's in a vice It's in a steel trap. That ball is going nowhere. That's an amazing skill. Because you're you're talking about basic physics. Your body slams against turf. The ball pops out 99 out of 100 times. It never does with Justin Jefferson. Let's take a break. we got one more round to go when PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, there's the draft so far, Week 12 Statement, uh, 2022 regular season. Chris, you're up with round number three. Uh, I'm a little torn here as far as where I want to go. Um, but I think that the team I'm going to put up here in this conversation is the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, And Joe Burrow and the Bengals, however you want to frame it. But but the, the, the fact that they went into Tennessee – Tennessee, you knew it was going to be highly motivated after losing the game in the divisional playoff game. There's no Joe Mixon. There's no Jamar Chase. And they still win the football game. I think that's got to be a statement to everybody in the AFC to like, uh, kind of watch out for the Bengals. The defense is legit. We know that. Burrow, you know, has really figured out how to play with this offensive line and make it work for their team for this year. The O-line is getting better. They're not great, but they can protect them long enough. Uh, I Bengals statement, Burrow statement for sure. And they did it without Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, and both will likely be back sooner than later. I'm going to give a little love to Brian Robinson, yeah, of the Washington Commanders, who was shot three months ago, came back, keeps getting better and better. 
was great against the Falcons, and and the icing on the cake was the hat on his head, the big hat. Did you see the big hat? Uh, yeah, I'm I sure did. We have it somewhere. If I talk about it long enough, it'll pop up. The big hat makes the the statement it, it's, beyond. It's, the gridiron. It's horrible. The big hat's horrible. I don't know anyone to say. I, I I don't mean to feel well, be mean, and I think his re- friend has invented this whole thing. But man, it's it's a bad look. Here's the thing, Chris. The big hat for you would just be a hat. <laughs> My head ain't that big. That's like a, a <laughs> hat for fit. a human bobblehead. That would be head. snug on your head. <laughs> That's it. See you tomorrow. Have a good day. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.